Hello and welcome to the Spidey Dude Radio Network. I'm Zach Joyner, owner of the website that powers the podcast and executive producer of the Spidey Dude Radio Network. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome you to the Spectacular Spider-Man Salbusima Era Podcast, a podcast all about Sal's run on the Spectacular Spider-Man. Before I turn it over to our host, Chris, I wanted to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash Network. They help sponsor the show. Greg, Vinkman, Scott, Kaylee, and Phoenician, thank you all for your support. And if you want to get some more info, check it out at that aforementioned website at patreon.com slash network to get more perks, like getting some shows early. And we'll have more coming very, very soon. They'll get some exclusives very soon. Stay tuned for that. Finally, before I go, I want to encourage you to check out our other fine programs, Spidey Dude Experience, ASM Classics, Make Mine Mayday, Broken Rider Variety Hour, Clone Saga Chronicles, Spectacular Radio, and Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. Be sure to leave feedback on the respective feeds, give us a five-star review, and leave feedback at the email address at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this exciting episode of the show, and now, here's Chris. Spectacular Spider-Man 141. I got the plot synopsis for you. You do. Yeah, uh, it's because this is the uh, this is my first introduction to this title ever, so I definitely wanted to do it. Oh, totally. Go for it. Do you have the uh, release date for it? Yep. So, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 141, published in 1988, written by Jerry Conway, arts by uh, art and links inks by Sal Basima. Letters by Rick Parker. Colorist was Bob Sharon. Editor-in-chief was Tom DeFalco. And uh, editor was Jim Selkrup. So, Spider-Man follows the Punisher to his hideout, a boat he got from a drug lord he killed. Frank Castle, who is the Punisher, for anyone not familiar with his real name, tells Spider-Man he was following Peter Parker and wasn't expecting Spider-Man to show up. He was also the one who was at the hospital tailing Peter and MJ in shadow that we saw previously in the last episode. Previously on Spectacular Spider-Man. Tombstone and his goons have followed Castle and plan to ambush him, but Punisher gets the drop on him. Kicking their ass in a towel, by the way. While Ben Ubridge <laughs> visits Robbie in the hospital, Peter and MJ discuss what to do with the tape, and Mary Jane has her own reservations about Peter's life. Uh, they just got married, and Peter kind of forgets that his life is not quite her life, and her life is not his life. She is a glamorous supermodel actress. Peter is a shutterbug photographer, a.k.a. Spider-Man. Their lives haven't quite intertwined quite like this in quite some time, and it's beginning to have a toll on their marriage, which nobody cares about nobody writes about until many years later. When Peter leaves, Tombstone breaks into the penthouse and attacks Mary Jane and wants the tape that Peter got from Robbie. Punisher breaks into Tombstone's complex and takes out all his goons because he's the Punisher. And then the Arranger shows up with the Persuader, a mutant that him and Tombstone have been torturing, and they get to drop on Castle and defeat him. 
while Peter is visiting Robbie in the hospital, he gets word MJ has been admitted and injured and runs off, leaving Robbie in tears. I didn't know who the Punisher was, Robbie, MJ. I mean, the stuff in this issue blew me away. Peter running away like that at the end of the issue, which we'll get to, was really like, the hell is going on? Who is Mary Jane? <laughs> so so this was your first uh, comic from uh, Spectacular that you picked up? I had only just read Amazing, so I had an idea that Mary Jane and Peter were married, but I was like 11 years old, so that concept wasn't cool. That was very foreign to me. Um, and I was introduced to, like, Eric Larson's drawing of Spider-Man. So he drew, like, ridiculous long hair and the biggest breast on women ever, which continues <laughs> today in Savage Dragon. <laughs> I'm not even joking for anyone listening to this episode in the chat. Uh, how did you guys first meet the Punisher? Yeah. Well, uh, it was definitely, well, it, it would be in the 90s. Um, I remember, I think I was reading Daredevil at the time. And, yeah, he popped up in that. Yeah. Yeah, it's was it War Zone or War Journal number one? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw that came out, I, I decided to give Punisher a try, and really enjoy enjoyed it. I actually ended up collecting quite a few Punishers, and uh, and my Punisher collection got nabbed. Uh, yeah. I think I remember the Punisher from his first appearance, where uh, I think on the cover he's uh, he's got a bazooka on Spider Man. Uh, sniper rifle. Sniper rifle. Okay, thank you, Chris. Yeah, I knew, I knew you would know. Cover of, like some book, but no, yeah, that was a sniper rifle. Spider-Man's like upside down; he's being shot at, which they recreated very well for a what if story. What if the Punisher killed Spider-Man? Um, and Spider-Man's like dead in the sniper rifle shot or whatever, and the entire Marvel universe goes gunning for the Punisher because they find out Spider-Man's dead. And it's like Spider-Man was a good guy. Fuck you, Frank Castle. You're dead. And the entire Marvel Universe goes after the Punisher. And the Punisher's like, oh, crap, I've been had. <laughs> because he was... The, the, the explanation of the Punisher, which I think we got into the last episode, he was hired by the Jackal to kill Spider-Man because Miles Warren, a.k.a. the Jackal, wanted to bang Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker beat him to it. Unbeknownst to us, it was actually Norman Osborn who beat everyone to it, but that's besides the point. (laughs) uh, I want to make a correction. Actually, my first introduction to Punisher was the 1989 film with Dolph Lundgren. Excellent. Yeah, that movie kind of still holds up in some way. Yeah. Um, Jumping through the issue really quick, the the fight scene with the Punisher in the towel where he throws the freaking bacon grease in the guy's eye is badass. That's great. He's deadly with eggs. Yeah. Oh my god, he's just like, ah, my eyes! And the entire time the guy is crying about his eyes, yeah. and the scene where the, the, the pan goes, katang, and the the guy is just like, ah, my it's so damn funny, because the Punisher's like, guess what, you get to live and go to the hospital if you tell me where Tombstone is. Yeah, and then he just waits. I don't think he's, I've ever seen in the comics him let anybody live before. He lets people live all the time. He's not like this bloodthirsty maniac like he is uh, in certain certain times. He does need people to get information to one person or the other. I mean, that Ray Stevenson movie was a little over-extreme with the way he kills people. The Punisher is a lot more, most of the time, written like the way Thomas Jane played him. The scene where the tombstone breaks in and is holding Mary Jane up by her hair is like, ouch. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever pulled on someone's hair before. It hurts. <laughs> oh, I'm You're not. too far. Where? Yeah, no. yeah. I was looking for the Mary Jane. Did I go past it? I went past it. No, that's fine. I jumped too far ahead. I also want to point out the Punisher had a friend who was an attorney that got killed by Tombstone, 
And then, of course, the Punisher takes out these two people who are doing, like, cocaine or something like that, snorting some drugs, and the Punisher just, like, with the, uh, you know, silencer. Okay, by the way, the bellhop should be fired, the guy in the purple, because who the hell would let a guy like that into his building, their building? Yeah. I mean, the tombstone is, like, what, over six feet, almost seven feet tall, and he looks like the way he does? I'm sorry, but that just screams trouble. <laughs> He's got sharp, jagged teeth and voice like granite. I, I'm, that doesn't scream villain any more than any other. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but the bellhop needs to be fired because you can't tell me did Tombstone kill the the not the bellhop the 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 the, the what's that guy called? Which one? The guy in purple. Tombstone is staring at. So unless Tombstone killed him, that guy let Tombstone into the building. Well, maybe he didn't want to be charged with racial profiling. Right. He was that's worried about the company right. yes. he worked for. Yes, yeah. that's, that's 100% or right. He, he hated his job, he was underpaid, and Tombstone slipped him a 20. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, he's like, fuck that. Which I guess game. Funny. Yeah. A 20 in 1988 is, that, that's, you know, that's like 50 bucks today, right? <laughs> uh, let's find out. Um, but yeah, him holding Mary Jane up this late, she's like kicking him and he's just like, that doesn't really bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the way the Punisher takes out all these goons is unbelievable. Thud, crack, clunk, cam, kachunk, kachak. And then the, then the one guy remaining with a knife, Frank just says, try me. (laughs) And now does the persuader make it past this series or is is that, that we never see him again after this storyline? I don't know. You gotta read the issues and find out. We have two more parts to this Tombstone story. All right. And uh, uh, here we go with Tombstone with Mary Jane. I don't remember if the uh, the Persuader ever returns or he comes back or what happens to him specifically. But uh, the Punisher being taken out by him, this was like kind of interesting because again, I didn't know much about the Punisher. Uh, Jake Caney wants to know who buys comics in West Tennessee. None of us, because we all live in Massachusetts. Well, and Connecticut, yeah. Uh, but check with, I mean, you can go to your local comic shop, but your best bet is, uh, you know, Facebook or, you know, there's a lot of comic book um, buying groups uh, in uh, Facebook. I'm almost positive there's two more parts of the story, because it says one will fall, so I don't 100% remember. There might be only be one part. I might have said there's four parts to this Tombstone story, but there might be, uh, might be five. I'm not 100% on that. I I think there's one issue in between these two. Yeah, because there's a cover with Tombstone holding Spidey over a ledge and another with Tombstone, the Punisher, the Persuader, and Spidey. Okay. So, but uh, poor Robbie, he, um, yeah, I mean, he's responsible for a lot of this because he wouldn't come clean about Tombstone's actions years ago. Yeah, and he's, uh, well, I, I'll let you talk about it, but, you know, he, he's, he talks about, you know, he's a dead man already. Just, you know, he's lying in his own grave. So he, he's, right, he's, he's fine. He'll for get better. It. Yeah. <laughs> He'll walk it off. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like, it's not like Bruce Wayne who got his back broken by Bane. It, it's a sprain. He's fine. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers, people, for issues we're going to cover coming up. Uh, because Robbie's story pretty much is centered to this, uh, book. Um, I was, I went back and reread all of these, you know, years later when I collected them. So to figure out, you know, who was appearing in whose title at the time. It seemed like Spectacular really focused on the uh, Daily Beagle staff uh, web of. I don't really know what they were doing at the time. Amazing. You know, this was Todd McFarlane's era of amazing still. So um, we got bits and pieces of cast members, but that book mostly focused on Spidey. So 
Yeah. Uh, don't forget, whatever happens in Amazing affects the rest of the book. So every once in a while, we got to bring it up Amazing. Okay. Um, I mean, it'll be a bigger deal if you, uh, if you, both of you, I don't know, saw the the ad in the back for the Evolutionary War. Uh, no, for some reason, my comics do not have the ads. The Evolutionary War was the multi-annual crossover event happening at Marvel at this time, so it happened in the annuals, not to affect the regular ongoing book. That would come around with Inferno, because Marvel can't go a year without a goddamn crossover. Um, but they didn't want to interrupt the regular book, so they did it in the annuals, so you didn't have to buy them. So, happening at this time, the New Mutants, Fantastic Four, and Amazing Spider-Man first appearance of Speedball, character nobody gives a crap about except for when it comes to Civil War, he killed <laughs> yep. a bunch of children, bastard. Anyway, um, we'll get to the Evolutionary War coming up later on because it does affect Spider-Man, especially with regarding the Jackal, Miles Warren, and the Clone Saga. Um, but uh, I really like this issue because it was, again, my introduction to who the Punisher was, and I didn't understand... Anything about him being, you know, 10 years old at the time. Okay. And uh, do you want to give crowbars, Chris? Uh, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No? Okay. (laughs) Uh, I want to point out the spotlight for this issue in the Marvel bullpens was Craig Anderson, somebody else I'm not too familiar with, but it looks like he's worked on Marvel Masterworks indexes, which I don't know what that was as a book at the time. I know it as a card series. I'm not familiar with it as a book people could buy. Okay. Uh, they do mention here the late great uh, editor Mark Grunwald, who was the longest writer on Captain America. I'm actually friends with his widow and working with her on a project. Oh wow! Yeah, she actually borrowed a couple images from Lada from me to use in a fashion show. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you really enjoyed this issue, uh, Velvet Joker. What did you think? Um, I, I didn't. I didn't love this issue as much. Um, I mean, of course, get out of here. The punishment was cool. I'm sorry, Chris. You know, we can't all. You're different than ours. Go ahead. (laughs) Sorry, Um, but I'm I'm going to give it three and three quarters crowbars. I do love the cover. I mean, let's go back to the cover, which is my. If you're listening, watching to us live, I don't know who's watching us live right now. But the punisher just on the pile of green. Honestly, years later, when I learned who Hydra was, I thought these were all Hydra agents. <laughs> it wasn't until I was an adult that I really started getting into continuity as a comic book collector. As a kid, you kind of get continuity a little bit, but you don't know as much as you do as an adult because your focus isn't really there. But as an adult, and I started getting into continuity and paying attention to what was happening when in the Marvel Universe, which, yes, I could tell you exactly what was going on in the Marvel Universe at the time, and I don't want to. I thought these were Hydra agents. Okay. Um, there is, by the way, the thing in the back that tells you the checklist of the Marvel Universe. Uh, Daredevil 257 was happening. Web of Spider-Man number 41. I don't know exactly what was going on in those titles. But the uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 303 had just come out. Um, this was, uh, again, Todd McFarlane's run on the book. Uh, I think Silver Sable had just shown up in this. Um, and Peter was going back to school in Amazing Spider-Man because he had left college during the Secret Wars event that we just covered previously. Uh, right after Secret Wars happened, he goes, he he tells Aunt May, "I'm dropping out of college," and Aunt May is like, "Get the fuck out of my house!" Wow, you're also been raised no fool. You go to college, boy. <laughs> and he was like, "I don't want to go to college." And him and Aunt May had like a big falling out. And it took, like, Aunt May's wheelchair-bound boyfriend, Lathan Lubinsky, to be like, you freaking idiot, your Aunt May needs you to go to college! <laughs> <laughs> and 
anyway, so currently an amazing Peter is back at school right now, um, trying to get his, you know, never-ending doctorate, GED, whatever the hell he's always trying to chase. I mean, Dr. Octopus got it for him at one point yeah. until somebody, until after a long explanation I don't want to get into, somebody found out that, that, that the paper Peter wrote in order to get, uh, the paper that Doc Ock wrote to get Peter his doctorate finally and graduate from college was revealed to be a forgery of Dr. Octopus's own paper. And Peter lost his degree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, well, I really enjoyed this myself uh, as well. And I don't know. I'm going to toss it between, you know, a 3.8 and 4 crowbars. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And the cliffhanger right at the end, I mean, you know, Spider-Man is going to he's pissed off that Mary Jane's in trouble and he's going to go kick some ass, I'm hoping. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, well see. He, he makes sure he takes care of his wife first. Yeah. She's not too bad. And she's not like, she, he doesn't show up and it, like, she turns to look at him with like one eye completely swollen shut with a broken lip. They would never do that to Mary Jane. We talked about girl in the refrigerator in a previous, I think episode. They would never, ever do that to Mary Jane. They would totally do that to Gwen Stacy. <laughs> they would never do that to Mary Jane. <laughs> If everyone is a huge Mary Jane fan, go over to the group splash pages. I posted an amazingly beautiful set of images of a friend of mine cosplaying as um, in body paint, by the way. So she is in body paint nude as MJ Carnage, yeah, which I, is a character currently awesome. running around in the King in Black storyline fighting Gwenum. Gwenum is the Spider-Gwen character with the Venom symbiote from her dimension. I thought MJ was just kind of bitchy in this in this uh, particular comic. I mean, I know she was doing it out of concern, but it was like bam, 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 bam. <laughs> I, they do write her as a little bit like oh, Peter. I have to go to my glamorous modeling career in Secret Empire or not Secret Empire, Secret Hospital, which is the soap opera she's on currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, because over in Amazing Spider-Man, she's working for a jackass who is kind of like the Jackal, who basically is like, well, if I can't have you. Nobody can have you. And I'm going to stalk you, and I'm going to, like, send you, like, love letters to the point that I'm going to hire Taskmaster to kidnap you and make Peter think that you're dead. And I'm not even joking. That is a plot that is currently brewing and amazing. Um, He is a psychotic fan of Mary Jane who has, like, an entire room filled with, like, all her modeling pictures, nude pictures of her, magazine articles about Mary Jane. Uh, all in a room, and he's like, well, if I can't have you, I'm going to kidnap you and keep you forever in a basement in a box. <laughs> and not even joking, Taskmaster gets involved in a bunch of other villains, and Spider-Man takes them all out to get his wife back, and then it ends with a disastrous life-altering uh, change of events for Peter and Mary Jane, which lasts for quite some time. To harp on what uh, Rich was saying, so in uh, actually, I'll bring up the issue right here. Within the issue, uh, Peter's playing the tape for MJ. You know, uh, she wants he wants her advice on, you know, what to do, uh, you know, to turn it in, to help uh, Robbie or not. And she responds, could we not talk about this now? I've got a photo session in half an hour. I still have makeup to do, and I'm running late. <laughs> Sorry, Leo. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Well, Leo, do you ever like talk about the horrors and the bullshit that you have to deal with with the podcasting network and all the podcasters who act like children sometimes <laughs> to your wife and your wife being like, good God, I have to go. I don't know what your wife really does, but I have to go do the thing that I'm best known for. Can we not talk about this right now? Does that ever happen to you? Uh, no, she's very supportive. So, uh, 
No, no, I didn't say she's not supportive. But are there times that you're complaining about the network and all the BS that you have to deal with? <laughs> uh, that she says, can we like talk about this later? I have to go put my face on and be glamorous yeah. and beautiful. <laughs> but not about splash pages, of course, because we're no. we're just golden boys over here. We are. No, but I'm sure there's been times that Leo has complained about some bullcrap he read in the main chat that was just like, oh, my God, they're <laughs> at it again. It's like I'm the father of children of these networks. Yeah. <laughs> well, there, there was somebody that was uh, always causing problems. And, yeah, she was uh, – I talked to her about it, and yeah, she 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 wouldn't say she'd be going go doing her makeup, but she goes, "It's happening again, really." So, uh, Chris, you have uh, anything else on this you'd like to uh, discuss before we wrap it up? No, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll start the wrap up. You yeah. can check out the previous episodes. I just posted the new episode today, which was with me and Charcy Lux, who does Golf Girl Horror, the Hack Slash podcast. And we actually have a new episode of that podcast coming out this week. If you're a Kickstarter backer of Vlada, your book is going out soon. The books will be here on Friday. So, but that's all I have. Uh, next week, we continue the Tombstone storyline. So, uh, we're in this for two more issues. So I told you this was going to be a long one. Yeah, it's, it's a good one so far. And what about you, Rich? Where do you like people interacting and following you? Well, on Facebook, I'm Rich Davis. Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram now as Velvet Joker 2021 because I've updated now to be on this show. And uh, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Have a good night. <laughs>